Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm your host, Hilmarie Hutchison, and today we'll delve into the world of holistic transformation and empowerment with Diggy Digvijay Singh. Diggy is a pioneer in holistic well-being with over three decades of expertise, specializing in yoga, corrective movement therapy, and much more. There is a lot to discuss, so let's dig right in. Diggy, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure to be here. To start off, could you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background and how you ended up here in the UAE? Well, I have been here for, I don't even remember now, I think 2002 I came here. And a small little background would be that I'm born in a Vedic family in India in the desert. I'm born in Jodhpur, the blue city. It's known for its, the stark sun. The sun is too strong there. From there, started into my yoga journey and my warrior journey, wherever my dad used to send me as, since I come from a warrior background, it is compulsory for warrior child to learn some art of warfare. So I used to go over there and there they started teaching me how to be fair and things like that. From there, when I was young, I thought yoga is nothing. Nothing was so important. So I ran away to basketball, started playing basketball. After that, went to the college. And that's when I understood how beautiful yoga is. I came here to Dubai to explore as much as I could. And I'm really happy to be here. The sun was strong. How does that compare to the sun in Dubai? The heat in Dubai is moist. The heat back home it's too stark. It's almost the same temperatures. We also go to the temperatures of 45, 50s, not 50 exactly, but it feels like 50. 45, 46, 48. We have the same temperatures over there. Oh, wow. I thought Dubai was hot. You mentioned that your spiritual journey began when you were young. I believe it was when you were five. Could you please tell us about this pivotal moment from your early years that ignited your profound connection to spirituality? So since I'm from India and uh, we celebrate a holy festival, in the holy festival, it's a big fire we light. It's almost like a fire ceremony. I used to think like, why are all these people doing this? Why are they wasting so much wood on something which they can use for cooking? So I used to ask them and one of the guys told me that time at the age of five. And he told me what fire is and what the energy of the fire is. It's always upward. And why do they put certain grains into it? So that the grains go in the fire, they burn and they increases the impact of the fire upward. That is the point where I first had a sense of what quantum is. Ever since then, I don't see the world same again. Everything is sacred geometry for me. And there was also an experience with your grandfather? Yes, So my grandfather used to tell me, when he used to teach me yoga, he used to ask me to do the breathing, alternative nostril breathing. When you breathe from one nostril and close the other nostril, he said the air goes to the head, in the center of the head. I knew when we breathe, air goes to the lungs. And I always used to think grandpa is just fooling around with me. It is only when I went to the college and I was studying the physiology, anatomy, kinesiology and all this in the sports sciences that I realized that he was talking about sinuses. When you breathe in, it hits, the air goes and hits the sinuses and the sinuses are the closest to our pineal gland. That way, pineal gland is a bit stimulated. Once it is stimulated, it changes the chemistry of the brain to bring your body to a very calm state. Before when the grandpa was saying this, I never knew, I thought he was making fun of me. It's only when I was in my master's degree, which I understood that, okay, this is how the science of yoga was working. 
Amazing. So what your grandfather knew so many years ago, you had to figure out from science and say, oh, wow, he's right. Fantastic. That also gave me an understanding that the science is catching up to spirituality and not the spirituality catching up to science. So true. Also, when you introduced yourself, you mentioned that you come from a Vedic warrior family. What does that mean? Can you explain that to us a bit? We have this world's oldest literature, which is Vedas. And Vedas are the literature where whoever have discovered something scientific and profound that was mentioned over there. So there is art of living, like even our houses, the way we make our houses, the door should be opening towards the east where the sun is rising. Now, this is the whole science they used to follow. It's just art of living, how to live, how to sit, how to sleep, which direction of your head should be when you are sleeping so that your body has proper electromagnetic currents. Like drinking water early morning should be from brass pot. So you get a little bit of chromium which goes and hits your pituitary gland. I mean, things like this, which now I'm telling you the science because I know it. But before I was just living this. So Vedic living is more about living with the sacred geometry of the nature, the mother nature itself. So living in the Vedic family was like early morning as to wake up. My father used to ask me to go take some water and offer to the gods. What were gods? I didn't understood what gods are. And he said to the sun, he says, sun is like a god. So it is a sun god I offer water to. And I'm like, why are you offering water to sun where there are not friends to each other? You know, they are opposite to each other. You are creating a conflict. He used to tell me always, it's like not that, but the reflection of this conflict. When you pour the water and we, the rays comes through the water to the eyes, your retina moves very fast. It exercises and again, it stimulates the pineal gland. These are the things I grew up with chanting the mantras, being humble, being nice. Of course, I was mischievous as well. You were a boy, so that goes with the territory. But how incredible that what we learned from science today was already practiced for centuries. I would say all the tribes in the world, they knew the science. Till now, if you go towards South America, they know they are in the sink with the nature. If you go to any kind of the beach, coastal area, these Coastal area people never come to the city. They like to be in the nature. The things that our, forf our ancestors learned from nature, we are now understanding why through science. But they already knew this somehow so long ago. That's incredible. Yes. You also say that you say that you learn from different forms, from humans, animals, insects, and nature itself. How did this impact you and how did these experiences shape you? Now I see things differently. I see everything in the sacred geometry. I see how the clouds are being formed. I see what are the cycles of the moon. I see what are the cycle of the sun. I am more in touch with the nature. And once you are in touch with the nature, you are most close to your highest self. And once you are most close to the highest self, it is said to be in the state of Ananda. So I learn from everything and every child. In fact, every breath I get is a new breath for me. So I learn with every breath how to live in the present moment. Nature is all about how can you be in the present moment. I love that. And I love that attitude of being open to learning and not thinking that we're beyond or above anything else. But even the smallest thing can give us something to learn from. I think that's a fantastic way to see life. Yeah. You mentioned that you got involved with basketball. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Here comes my very honest experience. I hated studies. I didn't want to study. So that's why I ran towards the basketball. I want to be a sportsman. 
so that I can run away from the studies. After I finished my grade 12, my father asked me, like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to play sports. And he sent me to the sports college and I went over there in the understanding of like, uh, it's going to be very beautiful, but there was the sciences involved over there. And uh, when I came to know there's anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, sociology, psychology, I mean, all the logies in the world, which I've never heard about, I saw that I have to study this. So I got very angry from there and I just came out from this. Hence, then I finished my whole career in the basketball as well. And then I started playing basketball over there, played for national level for a couple of years. And by this time, I finished my graduation. After I finished my graduation, just went back home and started farming. Okay, so you thought that playing sports or playing basketball was going to mean no more studying, no more books for you. Then you just figured out, oh dear, there's a lot more to study. But then you got your master's degree in sports sciences. And how did this then impact you and how does scientific perspective enhance your spiritual journey? The scientific perspective, the moment I studied and the moment I understood what is the anatomy of the body, what is the locomotion, what is the kinesiological movements, the moment I understood all the sciences, even my game improved. I was wasting energy at on certain skill movements, which I refined. So now what I do is I try to invest minimum energy with maximum output. And this I try to do it with my psychology as well, with my efforts into some new project as well. I don't want to put too much of energy, which is of waste. So only those things which are needed, I do it. I was able to make right decisions. I was in a comfortable zone and I was able to prove and tell people in the urban city like Dubai, that why is sound healing working? It is not a pseudoscience. It is just a pure science of vibration. But the same way, the breath work, I was able to tell them, why do you have a diaphragm pull? How can you control your breath and your emotion as well? Just all those things I was doing, I understood the science behind that. And that has been so helpful, especially in Dubai, where people come from different places. When they come, they come with questions and curiosity. And once they know, like, okay, the science was already there and the science is catching up with the spirituality, I would say I was able to represent spirituality in a very scientific manner. And that's what I'm doing now. I think that's fantastic. So you don't see it as opposites or opposing or in conflict, rather to see how the one supports and confirms the other ones. You actually be able to bring them together in a fantastic way. Yes, they do support each other. Yes. So then you relocated to Dubai in 2002. What brought about that change for you? So in India, I opened a school of my own. I wanted to do something for the kids where the normal education system, which was not 100% right, which I realized after my own experience. So I opened a own, my own school where kids were being taught firsthand rather than being teaching them the science. It was more of, again, the Vedic school. There was some politics and I had to close that. And then I went somewhere else and there was some politics. I was not so happy with the system. And I wanted to run away from the system. So I ran away from there, came to Dubai. Once I came over here, apparently I didn't know anybody. I was just going to Safa Park, doing my own yoga. And this is how it started as a community. Somebody just saw, like, can you teach? And I started teaching a few sessions. And that's how it all started in Dubai then after that. And since you've been in Dubai, you've become one of the most senior yogis in the UAE. That's fantastic. How was the change or the relocation to Dubai? How has the move to Dubai and this change of environment impacted your practice and your teachings? In India, when I was there, there were people who were coming to me for yoga. They already knew what they want. 
they already knew why they are there. They already knew what spirituality is as well. So there was nothing new for them. They almost come prepared and I didn't feel challenged at all to have sessions over there. I was being very successful, but I was craving for the challenge. When I came to Dubai and I saw this, that people over here are not that educated for yoga, but I am representing yoga here. That gave me a purpose that yes, I should represent yoga in Dubai with different people, different nationalities. And the moment I meet different nationalities, I learn from them and uh, it has been ever expanding. So it was a challenge which you took on and have grown from. And of course, the people that you have been interacting with have benefited from the teachings. Yes. Yes, I mean, we have so many success stories with especially people coming out of their sort of depression and I would say different state of mind. And they come here to just change their mindset. And this is what happens always. Tattva Yoga Ashram has been involved in various high-profile events and venues in Dubai like Burj Al Arab and the Emirates Group. Can you tell us about an event that stands out as particularly transformative? Coming from India again over here and not being in too much in touch with locals naturally, it just happened so that I was not in touch with locals a lot. And I used to fear a little bit that maybe they don't accept yoga. Maybe they don't accept this spirituality. And one day then I was called to the Ministry of Infrastructure Development. There was one of my clients, Jamila. She invited me over there. Once I was over there, I saw these people. They were so open. Actually, by being them so open-hearted and open-minded, that opened me about them. Ever since this thing has happened, I have been having more confidence in my yoga teachings and I can bring in more vibrational therapies and I just feel more free. I feel home here. That's amazing. So to see the impact that your teachings has on others has inspired you as well. Yes, I've been a person who gets inspired every moment. So if you ask me, when were you inspired? It'll be difficult for me to tell you. I know your ashram also organizes its own festival, the Gypsy Heart Festival. Could you please share some highlights from this event and the impact on its participants? It was 2019, it was December, and we were just a group of spiritual people wanted to do something. So we just sent invites only. We just created a small flyer for 100 people maybe. And we prepared for 100 people with a little bit of music, with yoga, with meditation, with some dances. Just like a picnic, just like a spiritual festival. I just did this for 100 people. And you'll be surprised to know that it turned out that there were 2,800 people gathering in the desert all of a sudden. It was just lovely. It was like a new village being formed in one day. And I love this community efforts. And ever since then, we have been involved in small scale events, but more spiritual events. Sounds amazing. Now, I know that you also do sound healing. Can you tell us a little bit about sound healing and how that is different from what someone might think if they think about yoga? As we all know, if there is motion, there is sound. So if there is sound, there is motion. So the first motion which happened, the byproduct of that first motion is that our universe, its own different axis, Earth has its own axis and it is not colliding with something. So there is this energy and power of vibration which is happening. And from there, I'm bringing straight away to the human form now. We have the throat, we have vibrations within ourselves, we have chakras. In our body, each chakra has its own different vibration. Based on those vibrations, we do the sound healing. So sound remains 
as a physical form until it enters your ear. And once it enters your ears, it changes into electricity so that the brain can understand it. And that electricity further makes the chemical changes and the chemical changes makes the emotional changes in your normal state of being can be changed to whatever you desire to be. So sound healing is not just only with the singing bowls, but sound healing is more about how does it sound inside introspection it is self-dialogue our sound healings are not just that you play some sound it's not music it's actually sound healing where again i'm stressing more on the sound is in the way that how does it sounds inside have you ever heard about agreeing on some something and say how does that sound yes exactly yes i have that sound is actually the sound healing so it's a completely transformative experience it goes right inside and changes your thinking or feeling or anything like that Yes. I mean, it has a potential of changing your mood to whatever you want to. If you want to have your future future sight of your own thoughts, you can get into a meditative state through the sound healing and you can project yourself to be there and see if you don't feel like maybe you can make a decision of not going ahead with that particular project. It's very in-depth. It's more on the subtle energy. And I use jambes, didgeridoos, duff, shamanic drums, tabla, sound healing, bowls, conchas, flutes, a lot of things, and gongs as well. Wow. Now, what advice would you give to somebody who has never tried yoga or any of this kind of sound healing or have not even thought about their spiritual journey? The first and the most important advice I can give with my limited knowledge, I would say, is to listen to your own truth to find your own gut feeling, to be one with your own self. So let's say whatever karma we are doing, if there is a friction, everything should be done consciously. So just start being conscious about whatever you are doing in the present moment before you enter into the, if you are new into the spiritual realms. It's very good advice. So to listen to your body first, introspect first, and then follow whatever feels like the right path to take. Yes. Thank you so much, Diggy. This has been so fascinating and I could go on asking you so many questions. But for now, it's time to crank up the energy with our very own version of a game show. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. What is one word to describe the feeling after a successful holistic session? Bliss. Oh, I love that. If you could teach yoga anywhere in the world, where would it be? Mother Earth. What is the most surprising benefit your clients report after your sessions? Self-realization. And what is one wellness practice you can't start your day without? Breathwork. And what is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you get? I water my plants. Oh, lovely. Very good. Well, thank you for playing along. That was easy and you were very rapid on your answers. I love that. Thank you very much. Before we wrap up, I would like to ask you about your green pool moment. Could you share an inspiring or life-changing experience that you have gone through, your green pool moment? I would like to share, there was a moment when I was slapped by a monkey. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was a kid. I was a mischievous kid. And uh, anyways, I love to climb trees and I was like a Mowgli in the desert. Of course, there are not many trees, but I was climbing the tree and I was on the top of the tree in the afternoons. That's what was my hangout place. That was my zone. Like nobody had access to that place. I wanted my place. My mom came out as like, don't go on the tree now because the monkeys will come. It was Monday and I was 
like okay as if the monkeys have called you and said we'll come on monday that mom went inside the monkeys just came all of a sudden i could hear there are around 100 or 200 monkeys but the, by the speed that they were traveling through the tree to tree to house to house i couldn't figure out that how fast can i go down from that tree so i stayed on the branch and one female monkey came there and it had a small little baby stick to her fur and the baby started walking towards me that was where i understood what real fear is and i thought the mother monkey is going to bite me or something but no there was someone who touched my shoulders from behind and the moment i turned back i think it was the alpha male i just heard a very long ring tone in my ear and i think he slapped me there i fell down woke up and understood that never ever 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 doubt a intuition of a mom wow what a fantastic story so your mom was right and the mom of the baby protects her young as well Yes and moms are always right by the way I don't have a question they are right or wrong they always right that's it I love that I hope your mom gets to listen to this and she'll say yes it's finally he knows that Yeah I'd also because being from a warrior community we believe that women is more powerful than men so women's mind and men's body as a tool can be the sacred geometry and that's how I'm living Well, thank you so much, Diggy, for being here and for telling us about your fantastic and inspiring journey. I have no doubt that our audience is going to absolutely love this conversation, and hopefully, it also sparks an interest in maybe yoga or spirituality or sound healing. Before we wrap up, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you so that they can keep up with your incredible work? Yes so we are near Tikon in Desert Spring Village it's called Tatva Yoga Ashram you can find us on Instagram that's the easiest way to find us okay do you also have a website or is it just Instagram No just Instagram I'm very non-technical person you will come you'll see me and you'll know Okay at least we can follow you on Instagram so that's great thank you again so much for being part of today's episode my very best wishes to you and I for sure will be following your journey going forward Thank you so much. It will be my success if I can have you in my session once so that you can experience what we were talking about. For sure, I'd love to try that out. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.